Welcome to Let's Talk Micro. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Micro. I hope you had a great week. As always, Let's Talk Micro is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Pandora, Amazon Music. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find Let's Talk Micro. As far as social media, I am always on Instagram as Let's Talk Micro, no apostrophe, and on Twitter as Let's Talk Micro 1. So go ahead and follow. I always like to post pictures of organisms, and I always give updates as to when the next episode is coming out. So follow, go ahead and leave a comment, let a review, or even you know, suggest some possible episode themes. I'm open to suggestions. So go ahead and check out all the other episodes. So on the previous episode, I went over group B strep. So I talked about the Lansfield classification system, where Streptococcus pyogenes is strep A, and then Streptococcus agalactiae is B. So if you hear me mention, I can say group B strep or Streptococcus agalactiae. So it is a catalyst negative, beta hemolytic, gram-positive coxine chains, and it is latex B positive for that Lansfield system. So it, it, you know, it's the textbooks say that it is part of the female genital tract. It tends to be more of a colonizer. And it is a very significant organism that is implicated in neonatal sepsis and meningitis. So I talked about this in the previous episode. 10 to 30% of the cases where you have your neonatal issues, you have colonization with group B strep on those cases. So to prevent this, the patient gets screened between 35 to 37 weeks of gestation. You know, they get a vaginal rectal swab, and then in the lab we test it several ways. So we can either perform a PCR test, which I will talk about in this episode, or there are nucleic acid methods for blood cultures. However, by the time you test it in blood, it means that the baby got it at birth from the mom, and your baby is at risk. So before birth, we perform PCR testing and we perform the standard group B strep culture. So I mentioned in the previous episode that I grow some blood, chocolate, PEA. So in this group B culture, what do you set up? So you set up a blood plate and a Todd Hewitt broth. And then you incubate them and examine the plate and broth at 24 hours. If the broth is turbid, which in all likelihood it will be, you subculture the broth. Then you examine the blood plate at 48 hours and the broth plate at 24 and 48 hours. If you see beta colonies, you can perform typing or set up an identification on instruments such as Vitek or Molotov. And I started talking about this on the previous episode, but Susceptibilities are not performed. The organism is treated with penicillin. If the patient is allergic, which the provider typically lets you know, then susceptibilities are performed. But because of the significance of this organism, it needs to be ruled out. Meaning, you know, if you, you, you see it, you have to test it, you have to report it, regardless of the colony amounts. On patients of childbearing age, and your lab has a protocol for this. 
And I mentioned that the colonies are like a milky white and they're beta hemolytic, not as strong, you know, the hemolysis, not as strong as it would be on your strep pyogenes or your strep, you know, dysgalactiae, which are, you know, C and D, uh, Lansfield groups. So those have a stronger uh, hemolysis. But with this one, it tends to be not as strong. And the colonies are milky white. And there is something that you have to be careful because there's also another organism that is involved in meningitis for neonates. And the colonies are also whitish and it has a beta hemolytic you know, pattern, which is very similar to that of group B strep. And this organism is Listeria. So they do resemble each other on the plate. But as always, you know, look at your gram stain. Perform a gram stain on the colonies. And also there's a test that differentiates them. As far as gram stain, group B strep is gram-positive coxine chains. Whereas Listeria, they are short gram-positive rods. Also, group B strep is catalase negative and Listeria is gram positive. It's all right, it's catalase positive. So keep this in mind. I mean, sometimes, you know, especially if you're brand new at this, you might go through them. Sometimes, you know, you're going too fast and you might mistake them for one another. However, you know, Listeria, you see it is not as frequent as you will see group B strep. But nevertheless, Keep that in mind, that they do resemble each other on blood and on the blood agar plate. But you know, one is a cocci, one is a rod, one is catalase negative, and one is catalase positive. So on the previous episode, I started talking about the taut Hewitt broth. So what is this broth? Well, it is used for the cultivation of group B strep. And there's a popular version of it, which is the limb broth. And those of you that work in the lab, you probably, you know, you're familiar with this one. So this is a Todd Hewitt broth supplemented with antibiotics. And today I want to go over the BD BBL limb broth. It has peptones, dextrose, and salts. It also has yeast extract. And all this provides nutrients and vitamins to stimulate growth. You know, the, dextro the dextrose stimulates hemolysin production. It has natalixic acid and cholestine. And what do these do? Well, they suppress the growth of gram-negative bacteria. So this is a very easy to set up. You place the vaginal rectal swab in the broth, then you cap it and incubate it in a non-CO2 incubator with the cap loosened at 35 degrees for 24 hours. It can be examined from 18 to 24 hours. If turbidity is observed, then subculture the broth to a blood agar plate. Then you examine the plates at 24 and 48 hours, like I mentioned. If the broth is not turbid, then you can keep the broth for an additional day. And like I mentioned, you set this broth with the, with the blood agar plate. So the whole process takes three days. You know, your blood plate, if it doesn't have group B strep looking colonies, you know, you keep it for two days. So at day one of, of examination of your blood plate, you look at your broth that is turbid. So you sub it out to a blood agar plate and you continue looking for group B colonies for two days. And then your original blood plate is good after 48 hours and you're done with it. 
So very standard setup. I mean, this is the more very common because depending on the size of your lab, not all the laboratories, you know, they have PCR instruments, but almost everyone does have blood plates and they purchase this broth. So the group B strep culture, it's a very common and standard method. Now, in the previous episode, I mentioned that just like group A strep, Cefid also makes a group B strep test. And I'm actually going to be talking about two of them in this episode. So one of them is the gene expert, um, the Cefid GBS LB. Can you guess what the LB is for? If you thought limb broth, you are right. So this is an in vitro qualitative test to detect GBS from enriched rectal vaginal specimens. It is a PCR test. So like I mentioned, right? So pregnant patients, they get screened at 35 to 37 weeks of gestation. And I, and I, and I just talk about limb broth. So this test is performed in limb broth that has been incubated from 18 to 24 hours. So now this test kind of just takes away from, it's an, it's an alternative to the culture. So you get that swab that's collected, the vaginal rectal swab. You place it in limb broth. And just following the procedure I described, you incubate it for 18 to 24 hours. Once that, you know, once that period is over, your broth is mixed. Then you place a clean swab on the broth and that swab goes in the test cartridge. Then your cartridge is closed and placed in the gene expert instrument following the testing procedure. So the test takes approximately 55 minutes. It is resulted as GBS positive or negative. If there's an error, no result, or an invalid message appears, then the test needs to be repeated. You might be thinking, does a negative result need to be confirmed by another method? And with this one, no. I mean, it's already enriched. You already took that swab. You place it in an enrichment broth that you incubated for 24 hours. So you make sure that, you know, if there was anything in there, as far as group B strep, the test will be able to, you know, it would be able to detect it. So once you get your negative result, you are done. I mean, if you have a positive result, depending on, I mentioned that you don't do susceptibilities on it because you treat it with penicillin. But if the provider, you know, makes a note on the file saying this patient is allergic to penicillin, then at that point in time, if you get a positive result, you will have to sub it out to a blood plate so you can go ahead and perform susceptibilities if that's what's needed. But at the same time, keep in mind that you know, this happens. It doesn't happen too often, but it does happen. That, you know, this is a PCR test, so it's, it's detecting DNA. So there's a possibility that your organism might be not non-viable. You know, I've seen it happen. You get a positive result. You plate it. You know, you plate your broth to a blood culture plate, blood agar plate, and then nothing grows. So the organism might be non-viable. So keep that in mind. But it is not as frequent. So you should be able to get growth on a blood agar plate. But this is only if they request susceptibilities for it. 
Now the next test that I want to talk about, like I said, is also from Cephi. So up to this point, we are on screening mode. You know, the patient is at 35 to 37 weeks of gestation. You know, they had that swab collected. And then you perform either a culture, you know, go through that process. Or then you can, you know, perform that PCR process. But at this point in time, the patient is not on active labor. So this test that I'm going to talk about is when the patient is actually on active labor. This, this is the expert GBS test, also a PCR test, and it is useful to detect antepartum and intrapartum colonization and to identify candidates for intrapartum antibiotic prophylaxis. So maybe the patient didn't have it done before, you know, didn't get to do the screening, and now the patient is on active labor, and you know the doctor needs to know: does is the patient colonized with group B strep, and if so, the patient needs to be treated. It is an also you know it is a simple test. You place the swab in the test cartridge, and perform the test following your instrument testing procedure. It takes takes about fifty minutes or less, and it is resulted as GBS positive or negative. You know, retesting for invalid error or no results, it's going to depend on the facility's criteria. So there should be alternate methods. But what we do is, you know, we typically repeat it if you get some sort of error. You know, your facility might also have you set a culture on samples that are negative to confirm this result. Since, you know, it wasn't enriched, I mentioned on the, on the GBS LB, you know, you, you had that swap for 24 hours, so it wasn't rich. So you went to, through a comprehensive procedure, so you don't confirm it. But with this, you know, you're just testing the swap. So there might be the potential for a false negative, or maybe, you know, it wasn't enough. So you, they might have you set up a culture on it, just to confirm the fact that it is actually negative. So now that you know three tests, Let's go over and compare and contrast them. So let's start with the culture, you know, standard method. One of the, some of the cons are that it takes, the overall process can take three days, you know, right? Your initial blood plate, two days. On day one of your blood plate, you're examining your limb broth, and then it's cloudy. You subculture it for two days. Sometimes, you know, maybe your sample might have arrived late at the lab. So that limb broth might not be within those 18 to 24 hours. So you might have to wait an extra day, bringing the whole thing to four days. So those are four days that the doctor is waiting for the patient results. Now with the GBSLB, there's definitely some improvement. You know, it's, it's a day turnaround. So that's, you know, it's better. So it's still a day. With the GBS. The regular GBS, you know, it is a fast test, but then again, you know, it's not an enriched process, so you might have to confirm, you know, you, you get a result right away, so if it's positive, it's definitely, it's definitely good because the physician gets the result right away, but if it's negative, you might have to confirm it, so that's going to take another two days depending on which method, I mean, if you have to confirm it by a culture, then you just bought another three days. 
So they have their pros and cons, but definitely your your limb broth is very popular. It's an enrichment method. And even though it does take a while, you know, it takes a whole day for the GBSLB and three, potentially three for the culture. Um, you know, once you get a negative, you have definitely a pretty good test because you have gone through the process of enrichment. And, and at that point in time, you have successfully ruled out group B strep. So this is definitely a very fascinating organism and you definitely will see it a lot. But you know, it's typically when you have it on, once you have identified it, something as simple as putting it on the multi-top or just, you know, doing the typing, which is very easy. You know, you, you listen to the episode with the procedure. It's fairly quick. So once you have that agglutination, you're done. And also, you know, if you, unless your patient is allergic to penicillin, once you have identified, you are done with it. But keep that in mind that it's is something when you are working cultures, especially a lot of new techs, you know, they get put on the urine bench right away. It's typically the first one that you start. So keep, you know, as you're working, look out for those colonies. You know, you get your plate, put it against the light so you can watch out for hemolysis. And then if you see it, look at your patient's age. You know, if the patient is within childbearing age, you have to work it up. You have to report it no matter the colony amount. And just to close on this, I mentioned, you know, typically, as I just said, that text, you know, get put on the urine bench when they start. You know, this is one of the places where you're going to see it more often. I mean, you do see it on other, you know, you see it on the wound bench and in other areas as well. But definitely on the urines, I mean, it likes to colonize the you know, female genital area. So that's where you're going to see it the most. And out of curiosity, if you're wondering why do the text get started on the urine bench first, it is because it tends to be a great place for the text to get used to the organisms. You know, typically you have the uropathogen, you know, the one that's causing the infection. And not, if not, then you have a lot of normal flora. So it's a good way for the text to start training the eyes on what does like mixed flora looks like and start getting a good grasp on the organisms. And it's a little bit easier. Once you get to the wound bench, you start getting all these non-fermenters. Also, you know, you start getting more organisms like your pasturella, actinomyces. So definitely the, the probability of you getting you know, the scope of organisms definitely widens a lot. Whereas on the urine, it's typically more restricted to enterobacteriales, some non-fermenters, you know, definitely see pseudo. I know you can get your strep, your enterococcus, and then your normal uh, vaginal flora organisms. So it's just something, just an FYI for those of you that work in the lab and thinking, why the urine bench first? You know, just an FYI. And I also wanted to mention that, because I earlier said that Streptococcus dysgalactiae, I, by mistake, I said uh, Lansville groups C and D, but it's actually C and G. So, just for the record. 
And that, my dear audience, is the end of this episode. Hope you enjoy learning about Group B strep testing. This is some good information to know, especially you know such a significant organism that can cause you know uh, is involved in neonatal sepsis and meningitis. So continue educating yourselves. Always, you know, information is power. Review your organisms, review your textbooks, and bring that passion. There, you know, this. The, acquiring all this information is only gonna make you better at your job. The more you know, the more you can make sure you don't miss organisms. So continue staying motivated, stay safe, and stay tuned. Like I said, we have some great interviews coming your way. So stay safe, and of course, continue talking micro. Until the next time, bye.